I grabbed my book and sat down on the bystander's sofa cum bed to read. It was day 2 of my mother's stay at the hospital. She had just fallen asleep and it seems like I had some free time in hand. It was a large spacious room for two patients with three white walls beach colored long curtains used as dividers between the two beds and a full sized window running across the fourth wall overlooking the bustling city wrapped in the winter mist which was in sharp contrast to the quiet milieu at our end of the world but soon the silence erupted suddenly now the other end seemed like a winter love story and our end like a war zone what happened i am akila rangan a professional psychotherapist and this is our podcast where i become your charioteer in your journey towards becoming whole Today's episode Love Blooms on a Battlefield when the story is right is part 2 of our Valentine's month special series What Makes Great Love Stories What had happened was that the occupants of the other bed woke up They were a middle-aged couple the wife had undergone serious surgery the previous day and the husband was her bystander while the patient was resting her husband had also slept off and now both were up and man were they up long story short far from being able to read my book i felt i might have to take cotton balls into my ears and if you are thinking that it's because they were loud That's not the only reason. They were loud and abusive. Both kept hurling curses at each other. Their communication was extremely uncouth and aggressive to say the least. At this point, more than my own peace of mind, I was worried that they were going to wake up my sleeping mother. but thanks to heavy medication she slept like a baby as time passed by one by one individual visitors began arriving to see the lady it was then that it became evident to me that speaking loudly was perhaps their normal way of talking because they were extremely loud with the visitors as well but then Something surprising happened. 
It seemed that whenever the visitor spoke anything against either of the partners, the other one immediately stood up for them and started yelling at the visitor. I also noticed that despite the verbal abuse and discord, the husband took good care of the wife's physical health. So, while the atmosphere in the room felt like a war zone, would you call their story a love story or a war story? To answer this question, we need to first understand something about the human mind. We as human beings relate better to stories. And as a result, we subconsciously live by narratives, which are formed by the interaction of our personalities with our socio-cultural experiences. As life goes on, new information keeps getting added to our narrative autobiography. That is, the story in which we perceive ourselves and our lives. Okay, so now our narrative autobiography influences the script of our chapter on love. And as a result, each one of us subconsciously has an ideal love story that we try to seek and fulfill. Now, the recipe for a functional relationship is very simple. In a couple, both partners' ideal love stories should align. However, from our previous episode, we have understood how love could be misleading sometimes. And hence, two people whose ideal individual love stories do not match may also end up together. Let's take John and Esther's relationship for example. John, 35, and Esther, 30, have been married for six years. Both of them are my clients in couples therapy and their names have been changed to ensure their confidentiality. When they had decided to get married, both were sure that they had found their soulmates. However, now they realized that it was more influenced by their confirmation bias. For listeners who need context, you may please listen to our earlier episode, Love is Blind, or is it? Well, coming back, now six years later, Matters were grave and complicated. Upon exploration with John and Esther, we identified how both of them had polar opposite individual love stories. John had a love story where he and his partner would form a power couple. Both would be fiercely independent and ambitious in life and equal partners in all responsibilities. However, Esther 
had always dreamt of a love story where she would be protected and supported by her partner whom she would follow. So, Esther's traditional love story repulsed John and John's power couple love story was too overbearing for Esther. Both their ideal love stories did not match the real story and this was at the crux of all their conflicts. Now the solution is that they align their individual ideal love stories into a common narrative. <sighs> but only if it were that easy. Because once the narrative is set, we subconsciously tend to continue following it, even if it may not be valid in the present. Now here is where it gets deep. John's narrative about fiercely independent women came from his family. His father passed away when he was a child. So he was raised along with his brother all alone by his single mother. He attributed her warrior personality to be the source of all the respect they received from the society and it became a narrative. As a result, his mind subconsciously is now unable to respect people who are dependent. Likewise, coming from a very protective family, Esther was raised to only follow the lead and was quite comfortable with it. Her fairy tale love story always included a knight in shining armor who would rescue and lead her. So, does this mean that only love is not enough for a relationship to work? Trying to figure what love is can be frustrating and futile because it is not the same thing for any two people. It is a story for everyone. But the plot of the story differs from one person to the other. It could be Cinderella for one and Mr. and Mrs. Smith for another. So what can be done? I would love for you to take special note of it. Grab a pen and write it down or take a note of it on your phone. This will be helpful for both single as well as coupled listeners. Firstly, we can reflect and understand what the narrative of our individual ideal love story is. Because many a times we might just be oblivious puppets dancing to the strings of our impulses. Our narratives may work so involuntarily that we might not even be consciously aware of them. Second, we can reflect on where this narrative is coming from. And third, based on this awareness, we can decide which part of our ideal love story, if at all, 
should we let go of in order to reauthor a new, more adaptive love story? For many of us, our old ideal love story may be the carcass, dead remains of our past wounds and trauma which we mindlessly continue to carry on our bags just because we have gotten comfortable and familiar with the burden. That narrative may not be serving its purpose anymore. So applying it to John and Esther's case, John can reflect on how his narrative of fierce independence was developed under circumstances when his family had no other option. But the circumstances are no longer the same today. He and Esther are well secured in society, financially and otherwise, and hence his narrative that is operating for Esther is not necessarily valid in the present. And Esther can reflect on how her narrative was shaped in an environment that was totally different from the world in which she has been living for the past six years. While her family of origin had stereotypical gender views which conditioned her to live in a cage, it is possible that she might enjoy the feeling of liberation if she allows herself to fly. And lastly, what couples in a relationship can do as the final masterstroke is to create a shared story in addition to their individual ones. This shared story means having a shared understanding of how they perceive their relationship as a couple. Because you won't believe it, but it's astonishing how in many studies, when even happy and functional couples were asked to individually narrate their shared story, the narratives were so different that you would not even tell that they were talking about the same relationship. Hence, this shared story would involve shared worldviews and assumptions about their relationship and interpretations of events. The recipe for this is obviously good communication and being authentic. So circling back to the couple in the hospital, would we call their story a love story or a war story? Let's reflect for five seconds. According to me, two possibilities may exist. One, both partners may have had complementing individual love stories where their love language was war. Or two, they may have come from different individual stories, but over the years may have co-authored the shared love story of war. Either ways, what is evident is that they are unapologetically dancing with precise coordination 
to their song of love. And if one partner misses a step or falters, the other is there to support them. They were not worried about what a love story should be like. They have rather created an authentic story that works for them. Love need not always be rose-tinted and mellifluous. Remember Lotus? It grows in the mud. So what are we taking away? Love can even bloom on a battlefield when the story is right. And you are the author. Tell me how the episode was for you by sharing your rating on whichever platform you heard the episode on. Feel free to share the podcast with people in your circle whom you think might benefit from it. If you may have suggestions or feedback for our podcasts, please do write them to me on journey towards becoming whole at gmail.com. If you're in need for therapeutic consultation, you may also reach out to me on the same email ID. That is journey, J-O-U-R-N-E-Y towards T-O-W-A-R-D-S becoming B-E-C-O-M-I-N-G whole W-H-O-L-E at the rate of gmail.com. This is Bye from Akhila, your charioteer in your journey towards becoming whole. See you next week.